When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Rota Report podcast in association with the Southern Community Soup Kitchen. It's Gav back again. You've probably got sick of hearing my voice this week but nevertheless we're back to chat a little bit just a quick one after the transfer window closed it wasn't an eventful deadline day for Sunderland but it doesn't matter we're still going to talk about it and join me today is Craig Chapman hiya mate it was a quiet one but I think nothing will ever live up to the hype of having we Philly stood outside no. of the academy of light while talking to Jermaine Defoe so it was always going to underwhelm <laughs> after that one I'm afraid yeah, we, I mean, we kept ourselves busy over on Rotor Report. We did the live Twitter space, which went on from 8 till 11, and we never ran out of things to talk about, and people stuck around for that. So that's a little plug for that. If you want to go back and listen to our live stream, stick that on on Twitter. But um, yeah, it wasn't there wasn't a great deal that went on. The only bit of business which affected Sunderland was Carl Winchester going out to Shrewsbury Town. I, I, we, were, we were talking on the, on the live stream about the possibility of him staying and sort of... I, I was coming around the idea that maybe keeping them was a good idea because, you know, he can play right back, he can play centre mid, he can play centre half. And we heard recently, didn't we, that Carl Winchester has a brilliant influence on the rest of the players in the dressing room and he's just about the place. Everybody gets on with him. And I think that was uh, reflected in some of the reaction to the to the departure by some of his teammates. I think Lyndon Gooch tweeted about it. So he will be a miss, won't he? But I think the top and bottom of it was, and it was made... Clear in the statement when he when he left with Christian Speakman's words was that Corwin Chester at his age needs to be playing games. It's fair enough, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And you are right that he is um, he is a very popular character amongst fans, amongst players alike as well. But I think the realization, of course, of getting promoted is ultimately there is going to be an uplift and an increase in standards along the way. So although that Carl Winchester done a really good job last year in terms of his versatility across multiple positions. It is sad that essentially people like him may not eventually cut the grade at the level that we're aspiring to be at. But like I say, he goes with everyone's best wishes. I think the only surprise for me, in all honesty, is, is I think he can do a little bit better than Shrewsbury Town. That's no disrespect to him. I, said I mean, that. Yeah. it's just they're the currently sort of towards the bottom of the division. And although, to be fair, look, the league normally takes shape after what, 10, 15, 20 games, perhaps. But um, I don't know. I just think, in terms of how influential he was for us and. And obviously how, you know, committed to the cause. You always knew what you you got with him. It was full blood, guts and thunder. And, and to be fair, I think he could easily play in the middle of the pack in League One or further up for a, for a team who's competing for promotion. But, I mean, like I say, nevertheless, wish him the very best of luck. Met him on a couple of occasions and I think he's he's just a really, really nice lad. Um, 
I've gone through a phase of having a lot of unlikable footballers at the club, but you know, by God, he um he was he was polar opposites and um came in, he was an unexpected arrival. Obviously, when we brought him in, a lot of people have probably thought, who on earth is he? But to be fair, he um he'd done himself proud. And like I say, it's it's sad to see him go, but it's just ultimately the direction we're in at the moment that we are going to be looking subsequently to replace um players as we, we continue to climb. Yeah, last time I saw him he was eating a Greek gyros down the quayside a couple of weeks ago. So that was my last last um <laughs> sighting of Carl Winchester anywhere near Sunderland, I guess. But um yeah, I'm 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 sort of sad to see him leave and you know, he goes with our best wishes. He do, certainly didn't let us down, did he? We were talking about it a little bit last night about his um sort of the way he arrived. Well, I remember when he came and nobody really knew who he was. He came out of left field, didn't he? And he only ever really played in the lower leagues. And, I mean, I think he's 29 now, but yeah. when we signed him, he was, what, he'll have been 27 or 28 when we signed him. And it was just a bit of a strange one for us, but he came with lots of hype from his other clubs. I think Forest Green fans absolutely loved him. Like, And I remember Lee Johnson, I think, talking about Corwin Chester and saying, you know, he's, he's, he's always been quality, but he's like never had that big move. And he landed at Sunderland, obviously through a bit. I presume it was the the Lee Johnson thing. You know, he'd worked with them before, and the gist of it was that he just he loved playing for Sunderland. He like probably at that stage never expected to play for a club like Sunderland in front of as many fans as he did. You know, created some unbelievable memories. So you know, it it's easy to see why he was probably such a popular figure because he was probably coming into work every day and thinking, you know, I've gone from Oldham and Forest Green to this. You know, I can't believe me luck. I think with players like him as well, as um, as they really have sort of grasped at the opportunity when they've come here. You know, they they haven't let themselves down. At times, perhaps if the performance hasn't been great, you've never got less than a hundred percent out of somebody like him. And um, and yeah, like I say, perhaps you know the the Lee Johnson influence was was obviously something that brought him here because none of us really knew who he was, and you can't maybe imagine that he was on the eyes of the recruitment team at that time, but. Um, I guess that again goes back to Lee Johnson as well. Like he, he always had this idea of bringing the right characters t- to the club. May not always be the best players, but you can't you can't kind of underestimate just how important it is to have players like Carl Winchester around. And when they do go, and you do see the reaction of some of the players and just how say sad they are about it. But um, like I say, he's um, it'll be a big loss in terms of, of his character. But I, th- I think it is just unfortunately the way we're going now. Yeah, it was made very clear to us early in the evening wasn't it that we weren't going to do any business I think around about six o'clock half past six I guess it must have been um, briefed to the press that we weren't going to sign anybody else so you know it was on BBC Newcastle I think a couple of local journalists tweeted about it and stuff were you surprised we did no more business on on the final day was it a case of you know we already had brought in enough or I think Tony Mowbray had said hadn't he that we're still going to try up until the end but I'm guessing a few things just fell through. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, look, overall in the main, I'm happy with what we've done, not just in terms of, of incomings, but I think retaining what we had as well. And most importantly, we've done that while sticking to the recruitment plan. Um, there's been no sort of daft curveballs this window by bringing back somebody who we shouldn't. We haven't broke the bank or the wage structure. But ultimately, I do feel that we are still light in some areas. I think if we were to lose, say, Dennis Serkin, for example, that's going to give us a bit of a headache and we're likely going to need to change shape. Now, I think although we, we look, we've got a lot of options in midfield now, um, you know, but for me, ultimately, it's it's Corey Evans in the Holden role that I'm starting to worry about if he's to get injured because the young lads are fine. 
The common complaint so far this season is that when we've run out of steam, there's been no like-for-like alternative on the bench. So you would hope with the young lads that we've brought in, already alongside to Neil and Matete, they can complement each other, can maintain that high tempo um, and enable us to, to move the ball around as quickly as we can. But I think if Evans goes, not having that like-for-like replacement, I think in all honesty, over the course of the season so far, I know we only a handful of games in, but he's honestly becoming more and more one of our most important players. If you think back to the game against Rotherham in April, we got overran and bullied all night. And we only scraped a point in the end. It was fairly fortunate, but again, it was just chalk and cheese the other night and just how important he is for us. Like I say, I don't think we can underestimate just just even taking him out of the team against Sheffield United as well. We did look fairly light. Beyond that, I think really I would have liked another striker to come in, but even Alex Neil kind of suggested this. The difficulty I think that you're going to have is it's always going to be a tough sell to any striker to say, come and take, say, Ross Stewart's spot. You know you're going to come in and you're just going to be feeding on scraps. Beyond that, I think we're okay, but it's it's those key areas really. I think that if one player was to go down, that we might have a bit of a, a bit of an issue. But what we were talking about just before we sat recording is, of course, is that we only have two months to get to the World Cup. At that point, we've got a four or five week window where we can kind of reassess our options and then plan ahead for January. But I think we've got enough now to get us through that period. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think we do. Um, I think obviously the form of a couple of different players has probably helped. So, you know, I know what, you know what you're going to get with Luke O'Neill, but he's actually been brilliant in, in that right centre-half role. And that's probably eased some of their concerns about having to bring in somebody who can who can play until Dan Ballard's back, you know, and you've got, you've got to think about it logically. I mean, how, how long has he got left out? Like maybe five weeks, mm-hmm. something like that, six weeks, you know, it's not a massive amount of time. Yes. There's a lot of games to play in that time, but he'd be back before you know it. And we've, what, what I, what I keep thinking is, is like, it's the way that they're doing it. So they, they've obviously got in their mind that they, they want a certain profile of player, a certain quality of player. So, for instance, you know, we've got Jan Paul Van Heck, who, well, has been repeatedly linked with the club over the summer. We thought that he was going to come. We thought that it was done. Everything appeared to be done. And then, obviously, he then got a start, didn't he, for Brighton in the cup game. Played really well. And Graham Potter decided that he wanted to keep him as part of the squad. And sometimes these things happen. And he was like a proper quality addition if we'd got him. He was Blackburn's player of the year last year in the championship. He was he was outstanding for them. And that's the quality of player we wanted to bring in. Now, if that quality of player wasn't available to us after that move had fallen through, then they're right to not just go, right, okay, yeah. well, well, we'll pick up like a third or fourth or fifth option or somebody who's just nowhere near just to fill a squad place, you know, it's not that long to wait, really. I mean, had the case been that Ballard was going to be injured until, I don't know, January, February time, then yes, you would have needed somebody, but we've probably got enough. And you mentioned about changing shape. Certain if he goes down, we might struggle. But I actually think, you know, you've got Alice here who can play left-back. He play, but at the minute, Certain's not even playing left-back. He's playing left-centre-half. So you've got mm-hmm. his backups there. Danny Bart's backup is Bailey Wright. You've got then Luke O'Neill who can play right centre half. If he went down for whatever reason, you could just shift to a back four, or you could put right there. You know, so we have got options, and it's yes, it's not ideal. You would love ideally to have a 23, 25 man squad with two absolutely quality players in every position, but 
I think that's a little bit unrealistic. They do, they, yeah, they, they don't exist at this level, and especially for a team no. who's literally just been promoted out of League One as well. And I think in terms of like this new version of Sunderland, you are quite right. If we are desperate for a player, we're not just going to go out and sign a Callum McFadzi and we're not going to go and sign a Danny Graham just to have numbers on the bench when, you know, by manager's admission, people like Alex Neil when he just basically looks at the bench and he doesn't feel that there was quality there to bring on. So I think you are right in that respect. Um, obviously, we've still got the likes of Diakou to come back from injury. This new boy from, from Man United, again, there's been a lot of reports and rumours that he can play up front. And look, admittedly, I know absolutely nothing about him, but you know, if, if he's gone for a fee of, what, north of 30 million, he must have something about him. You would hope that he could come and obviously make a difference as well. But, I mean, like I say, obviously, I think what reassures me more than anything is the start that we've had to the season. The first team remains largely the same. There was a lot of concern among some sections of the fan base that a lot of these players couldn't cut it at this level. But I think, as you've mentioned, Lugo 9, again, up for debate whether he's playing in or out of position but he's been fantastic so far even look at the likes of Lyndon Gooch as well both of them are, are absolutely in the form of the life so like I say I think there's room for encouragement and obviously we're mentioning about strikers and things like that I, th I think the biggest encouragement is how we've got through this window and still kept a hold of Ross Stewart because maybe I'm missing something here I, I'm just obviously I'm over the moon that there's been like no sniff of interest but like for somebody who scored 26 goals last season he's got five goals already this season and nobody's thought of gambling on him I just find it a bit strange no I'm with you yeah yeah uh, mine's a Newcastle fan and he said there's no way you'll keep a hold of him by the end of the window and I went well ordinarily I would say yeah you should be in demand but there's not even a sniff that anyone's weird, been looking at him absolutely weird yeah and I and I presume it's because, you know, he's still at this stage unproven at championship level. Mm. Yes, he's he's took it like a duck to water, and we know how good he is. But if you're a club who are looking at him and you're probably thinking, well, he's probably going to cost us north of £10 million now, he would, you know, he would cost in that region. They're probably looking at it and going, mm, that's a lot of money to lay down on a player who hasn't even had a full season in the championship. Yeah. So... I'm more worried about January, but I think we'll, we'll come to that when it happens, I, I guess. You know, he is going to be in demand at some point and he is going to be sold at some point, I think. You know, if he continues to grow at the rate he is, he's going to be looked at by Premier League teams. If we aren't in the Premier League in a position to hold on to him, then it may be the case that happens. But we can't we can't sort of worry too much about something that hasn't really happened yet. I, I'm with you, like, I can't believe nobody's looked at him. Um, there were rumours about Rangers maybe looking at him but I think that was just our fans because if you speak to anybody who's any Rangers fans they'll tell you that they don't really have the money even though they're in the Champions yeah. League they don't really have the money to sign big money players so you know I, yeah I, I, it's not really worth worrying about I guess in that sense but other than that we, we we didn't really lose anybody in the window did we we lost Ellis Taylor at uh, Hartlepool Jack Diamond went to Lincoln and got man the match on his debut I think through the week uh, other than that, nobody went anywhere. We signed in total one, two, ten players. Just counting up there, ten players. So Dan Ballard, Leon Diakou's move got made permanent. We'll probably talk about him in a second. Uh, Jack Clark, Adjilisi, Alex Bass, Jewison Benetti, Abdullah Bar, Ellis Sims, Edouard Michou and Ahmad Diallo. So ten additions, two out the door. Obviously, that's not including the lads who left at the end of the contracts last season. Pretty decent business overall, I would say, Craig. I don't know about you. I think we've brought the age of the squad down further. We've got 
a more athletic looking squad, I think, but a more inexperienced looking squad. And that's the gripe some people have, isn't it? Is that there are a, yeah. a portion of Sun and fans who would have preferred to have seen another maybe two or three experienced players in the mix. Yeah, well, I think if if we touch on first about the players we've let go, I mean, obviously, the likes of Will Gregg eventually left, McGeady left, who, in fairness, he, he contributed nothing in his final five months because he was out injured. Um, obviously, Torben Hoffman returned back to his parent club and the few others who, who really weren't offering us that much. Lee Burge was never going to be involved at this level. So I think in, in respect of the, the ones that we've let go, I know numbers-wise, yeah, it's it's very much more of the same, but I think the, the increase in quality is certainly there. So for me, retaining what we had was was absolutely crucial. Like I say, tying Gooch down, keeping Bailey right as well. Um, those were the most important things. We can mention experience-wise, you've touched on Danny Bart already. He's what, you know, somewhere between 29 and 30, I think, already. Bailey Wright's vastly experienced. 9 has been here. This is his fifth season. Lyndon Gooch has been here for, what, over 15 years. Um, the experience is there, but I think... Like I say, obviously, it would have been like for like for me in terms of bringing in somebody for Corey Evans, just to have somebody with a a bit more miles on the clock. But um, I, I think maybe there is a bit of an underestimation of the experience that we have. I mean, even Stewart, to be fair, he's 26 years old. So there's, there's certainly experienced and weathered footballers there. And it is certainly complemented as well now by these young lads who've come in. I mean, they've all, they've all got, um, you know, a decent track record in terms of loan moves that they've had. Some of them perhaps haven't worked out, but they've gone there. They've they've learned the trade, so to speak, and now they've come in the founder club where they're, they're starting to excel at. Um, somebody who I want to see a little bit more of, to be fair, you've mentioned Diagu, but I want to see a little bit more of Patrick Roberts. I know maybe the shape that we've been playing hasn't mm-hmm. really afforded him a, a chance at the moment, especially with the form that we're in. But um, you talk about somebody who's going to need to come in and feed off scraps. When he gets his chance, he's going to really need to take that opportunity and force his way back in because he was a big player for us last season. I think he's got a lot to offer this season as well. Yeah, and and we've brought in players in his position, you know. Yeah. Ahmad can play out wide. Um, I think Mishu's more of a 10, but Roberts has been coming off the bench and playing as a 10. We've got Barr, who, from what I read, I don't know anything about him really other than what I've read in interviews he's done and stuff, but he... Is a central player who likes to get forward. He sounds a bit more like a number ten. You know, it doesn't sound like a traditional centre mid. And then Jewison Benetti plays wide. So we've brought in a lot of wide players. We've 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 not got rid of Leon Diaco. A lot of people felt that he might go. He's training because we've seen him in we've seen him in photos even with Tony Mowbray this week in training. So he is training. He's not injured. Um, but Diaco's not been seen since pre season. And he's a player I thought we might we might have shed. Um, I don't know about you. I don't know whether that was even looked into. Um, but you've got to wonder from the club's perspective. You know, did we want to sign him? I don't know how it worked. To be honest, we don't know anything really about that deal. Whether whether we were obliged to pay the money or whether it was a case of we decided to do it. But Leon Diak has been kept around. He's another attacking option. He has played sort of as a second striker at times um, in friendlies and even parts of last season later in games and stuff. So he's around still. The other ones that I thought might have went, possibly Jamie Tete, because of the fact we've brought in a bunch of centre mids. He's just um, he's just been kept around. I guess it goes back to what you said about Corey Evans, is that if Evans got injured, really, we don't have a holding play. I wouldn't say that Matete is really anywhere near as, as good as Evans right now, but he can play that position, I guess. Likewise, Elliot Embleton, another one who people speculated on. Um, under Alex Neely, played pretty much exclusively centre mid. 
and quite deep at times. And again, he's not really in that Corey Evans mould, but he can play there. So out of the ones I've just mentioned, there's a bunch of players who possibly could have left. Why do you think they maybe didn't? Do you think it's a case of they just were hanging on until January, maybe? I think with Diagu, I honestly think if we could have say got through that deal without say signing him permanently at the end of last season, I think think we would have. Um, he's a funny player because he's he's obviously got talent. He's got some great goals last season, and to be fair, he's it's just like a ball in a china shop, isn't he? When he comes on, he just causes so much hassle. And to be fair, I think if you look at a game like Norwich last weekend, that might have been a game where he might have come on and done something a little bit different because we absolutely battered them left, right and centre for a large period of the game and I think it maybe needed something of the unexpected to really sort of, you know, throw them a little bit further. But, like I say, obviously, he's you know, he's been hampered with injury throughout the course of pre-season so whether that's put people off, you know, coming in for him, I don't know. Matete, again, he's a funny one. He's been here since January and ultimately I still could not tell you what type of footballer he is. He's not really getting a lot of game time but, Again, it's another who has to grasp at that opportunity. In fairness, when he came on against Sheffield United, I thought he looked excellent. He was only on for a short yeah, period. Set but the goal up, didn't he? Exactly that. His role in that goal, he was he was really really important. You look at the battle that he had down at Plymouth against Akamara. It's a good player. There's definitely talent there, but I'm not sure whether the club would be in a position where they'd be looking to say assign somebody for a decent chunk of change like we did in January, and then sort of writing him off already this time round. I think if he is to go out on loan or if he's to go anywhere, I don't think would be realistically eyeing to do anything until at least January. Um, mm. Still, still very inexperienced though, isn't he? You know, ah, you he is. Think he, yeah. He, how many how many first team games has he actually played? Probably had twenty odd at Fleetwood, thirty odd maybe, and then he's had like a handful here. Not really many starts, so and he's he is still very young, and people forget. I think that. he would have been one of the first. At, yeah, he would have been one of the first on the team sheet if we were still in League One, because obviously we would have needed mm-hmm. to shed a lot of numbers then. But I guess really now, the way of looking at it is, because we've got so many players, we are fairly top-heavy, especially on the wings. It's trying to keep them all happy, because yeah. um, you think, obviously, that there's some who've renewed contracts, or there's some who've obviously you know made a permanent move here, and they're yet to really get a game. But, like I say, obviously, the, the way of looking at it is, if we're doing as well as we can, we're probably... Not necessarily overperforming, getting more out of the players, but maybe we're performing a little bit higher than you know the the fans perhaps thought we would be at this stage of the season. You can't really you know drop anybody just yet. That's it. Like that's literally it. <laughs> if we were losing games and playing crap, then there would be more of a call to change the shape of the team, change the mm-hmm. tactics, bring players out and put players in. Like as much as I really want to see Patrick Roberts in the team, I'm sat there thinking, well, who do you take out? You know. Yeah. All right, Ellis Sims has gone off the boil slightly the last few games, but he's not playing badly. You know, he's just not hitting the back of the net. What do you do? Do you change your shape of your team to bring him in? I don't think you do. I think at the minute it's just difficult. Yeah, I think with Sims, he, he still looks a little short of fitness, to be fair. But even against Rotherham, um, like where granted, I think he was blowing smoke after at least an hour or so. But um, he was clever enough to drag his marker away for the third goal where Jack Clark just sort of rolls through. If you, if you look back, or if anybody's listening, looks back at that now, you just watch how just how clever he was just to drag one out and it just opened the door for Jack Clark. So again, I think with players like him as well, you forget just how young he is because you look at him, you look at the build of him, the physicality, you think he's a, like a grown man, but he's only, what, 20, 21? So he's, he's got a lot of time to, to come good, so to speak. I mean, he's had an electric start. I'm certain he'll score goals at this level, but just, just more match fitness, I guess. Yeah, fair enough. I think probably... Say that Summons transfer window in general was decent. 
I'm certainly not complaining. I'm glad we've brought the age of the squad down. I'm glad we've added young players in pretty much every position. I mean, it seems that other fans are along the same lines. I did stick a quick poll up on Twitter asking people, are you overall happy with Sunderland's transfer business this summer? 90% of the voters said yes. Only 10% said no. I would imagine if you spoke to the people in the 10%, they'd probably say, you know, I wish we'd got a everything we've just said. Wish we'd maybe got another centre-half, yeah. maybe got a another full-back perhaps, another striker. But I think every manager or every sporting director in football, if you spoke to them today, would be sat there going, well, I think we could do with maybe one. And, you know, they, they all want a little bit more. They're never, they're never completely satisfied. So that's just normal. But I would I would like to say that, you know, some of the business we've done in this window has been pretty impressive. Like, I think Edouard Michou is a really good signing. He's the type of player that I think most most clubs in this league would actually quite like to have, but maybe don't have the the bottle, I guess it's fits the right word, to take a gamble on a lad of, what, 18, 19, who's physically very small. He looks 10. clearly has he? a lot he of ability. Like, he looks like yeah. a small boy. Yeah, but he's but you know you when you consider his pedigree, he's good obviously, mm. and it does take a brave manager and a brave football club to take a take that calculated risk on him because if he is any good, we're going to have a serious player on our hands. Absolutely, and that's a that that's perhaps the most intriguing bit of business for me. I think Ahmad, we're not really, we haven't really talked a lot about him because we don't know a great deal about him. But somebody who costs nearly forty million quid can't be bad. I know it's Manchester United, and I know they throw money around willy nilly. But I just think that this kid is obviously waiting for his big opportunity. And as we've proven over the last year or so, we are the the football club where these players can come and prove themselves and, and develop and grow and become quality footballers. And I think he's gonna be a, a secret weapon for us this year. Because I've watched I've watched him play a few times for Rangers and he has got something. He's very two footed, he's very quick, he's very direct. So I'm I'm pretty excited about that one. Um Sims I said at the time, Everton letting go of a striker when they didn't have a striker just seemed balmy to me. And he, he hit the ground running, didn't he, with them, them goals. And like you said, Craig, I'm sure he's going to be fine. Bar and Benetti, I think, are probably more for the latter end of the season, maybe even next season, you know. We've still got to sign lads who we want to develop ourselves and they'll probably benefit more from just being around the club, getting the odd game off the bench here and there, just sort of training that elite environment with with um with better players and stuff because they are still very raw and young but i mean you've got to take a risk every so often on on young kids and benetti in particular though he's going to want to be playing games because he's got the world cup coming up yeah. he's going to be playing for costa rica so again another interesting one alex bass i don't think we'll see at all unless patson gets injured at least another one like probably benetti and bar is probably one for sort of next year looks very raw but in the event that anything happens to Dennis Serkin, you know, he's he's going to be ready to come straight in. He's probably benefited from being around the team the last couple of months, just sort of bedding in and, again, being in a first-team environment, which he hasn't had in his career so far. And then the rest, well, Ball- Ballard we spoke plenty about, Diakri we spoke plenty about, Jack Clark looks to be the one of the, at this stage of the season, one of the best signings anyone's made in the Championship so yeah. far, I would say. One of, the, one of the best permanent signings we've made in a long time, to be fair. There wasn't that yeah. much of an outcry to bring him back. Again, maybe there was games where he was slightly hit and miss, maybe better off coming off the bench. But you look at that performance against Rotherham the other day. Every, I think every game he's been involved with so far, he's been he's been really good. But that was, it was like different class. 
that that was yeah. one of those games where it was almost like you were playing lower league opposition. You were playing a team below. He he just had mm. absolute freedom down that side. And every time he got the ball in the second half, he thought we're going to score you. Yeah. He's honestly yeah. a different class. Yeah. So overall, me and you are both happy, yeah? I would certainly say so, yeah. Um, obviously, you mentioned the, the lone lads. I think a lot of cause for encouragement because Speakman and Harvey have both worked the market well so far. And look, I, I think, you know, based on what we've had so far in the opening seven games, I think our brighter and better days are ahead of us, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. OK, well, thanks very much, everyone, for joining us. We've got another podcast with Chris ahead of Monday's game, so make sure you check that out. Thanks for joining us. Catch you there. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.